to the Polarized Podcast. This is your your badass host, ready out for vengeance here to talk about some polarizing movies. This is the Polarized Podcast. It's a podcast about polarizing movies and sense of right tomato scores. Sometimes critics love it. Audiences hate it or vice versa. Those are the movies that we cover. Today, we're talking The Punisher. Yeah, well, welcome, everyone. Um, that's that's me doing my best, like, Thomas Jane or just action movie voice. I don't know. I think it was okay. But, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I'm taking it on, on a test drive there. Uh, glad to have you back if, uh, if you are, if you've listened before. And glad to have you if this is new to you. Uh, today we're talking The Punisher, the 2004 movie starring Thomas Jane and John Travolta. The scores for it. So, again, we talk about movies that are polarizing the sense of Rotten Tomato scores. Uh, this movie is uh, 29% critic and 63% audience. So uh, definitely polarizing between the two. But uh, yeah, I mean, even the audiences weren't fully on board with this movie. But nonetheless, there's a huge disparity and I get it. And I'm excited to talk about it. Uh, but to get into it, I'm going to introduce I'm Brandon. Uh, again, this is Polarized. And I would like to now introduce my f- forever guest, my co-host, Mr. James Lindsay, how's it yeah, going? Yeah, hey, what's going on? I'm ready to talk hey, about bud. a badass movie <laughs> with a couple of badass guys. Hell mm-hmm. yeah. Couple of motherfuckers, right? <laughs> That's right. God yeah. is God is going to sit this one out on this episode, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. You can take I a de- back seat to I what's about to occur. Yeah, I mean, if you want peace, prepare for war. Am I right? Let's go. <laughs> Let's fucking go. <laughs> go. <laughs> I wrote that down too. Then my notes. God's gonna sit this one out. Oh yeah, dude. Oh yeah, you can't. I wanna, yeah, that just like kind of brings the volume back up and you're like yeah let's go there's a couple this movie all, moments yeah. like that that it's hard or like it's it's swinging between cheesy action movie and comic book and combination of the two but mm. there's like those pregnant pauses before he says some shit where it's like almost like uh, a Roger Moore, James Bond movie or something like that. Oh, right. Or like oh when my John gosh. Travolta was sure. like, she took the train. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Cause that just speaks to this movie. Really like that living in that liminal space between not wanting to be too superhero. And it was funny with interviews with Thomas Jane, where he was like stoked to the, or like, uh, I guess the reason he did this, it seemed like is that this was a, superhero movie which is going to get him a big exposure but it's not it doesn't have superpowers in it and you could tell that he has this you know he seems like in real life a pretty hard-boiled guy that is uh yeah likes to drink and get in fights um it was good casting i think i thought I yeah thought, i think i taught uh thomas jane was and especially i mean we'll start at the beginning with his uh mm. what a german or russian character but oh uh, dude love I that thought, character i thought he you know he cuts that figure but he looks kind of more rough and tumble than your normal superhero um and yeah he and he starts with a, a different character than his his real character but um 
really interesting choice there i that stood out to me and i kept thinking about it even as it went on because like his uh, his normal operating character is kind of boring uh-huh. but that really fun character that he plays in the end with blast. that like like a very long thin cigarette and he kind of is a little flamboyant and you know has a well, bravado to him i'll bring up a couple things and this is this is one of like interesting things that would occur throughout the movie that were just turned out to be a theme or just what would come up a couple different times. And one of them was mm. people smoking cigarettes in interesting ways. Yeah. <laughs> like him starting out like that. But then I'm thinking of the guitar player as well, where like he has it in, in his uh, index yeah. in the middle and then he switches it to his pinky and ring while he's playing guitar and opening the case and shit like sure. that and put and put it back. And then I, I, I don't know, like the, the other brother that was um, going after him kind of just had a lot of like, had a lot of chutzpah with uh, all the a lot way of choices like, like the uh-huh. way that they were like smoking cigarettes was just yeah there's a there's there was style and interesting pockets of this movie in like certain pockets <laughs> of this movie as a whole whether it's cohesive and all and within that style we'll get into but there's yeah, people sure. making choices and uh yeah i mean we that's that's the opening uh is that whole setup thing i which what, what did you think of that that part apart from uh his uh you know his blonde hair and that character I, I, that was uh, but otherwise, yeah, yeah. Uh, right then it gets into immediately into his retirement <laughs> <laughs> it goes from like get people getting killed him doing a character drug bust and then it's like party for retirement it was so jarring that, <laughs> that they were like almost at the morgue and then they walk upstairs and then it's like Woo, party for you surprise party and oh, it was just ton- like the tonal shifts in this are insane rough i mean i'm i'm somewhat in i'll say i think it's the the first 40 minutes of this movie kind of the opening before honestly before he goes back and the whole uh-huh. vacation and when he uh, the hit gets put on him i'm kind of in on this movie because it does feel totally. more like action movie than superhero comic booky um at least very violent the most inter- and very violent but it, in a in a more entertaining way than it is later on which is gratuitous in a oh. not so satisfying way even even some of this Disturbing stuff is even. Like, <laughs> yeah and even like i mean the whole vacation it's not even a shootout it's just a fucking slaughter and that's massacre that's super oh, upsetting yeah. as as well but it plays out as like a gangster action movie kind of would but the one thing that sets it apart even in that moment and throughout the movie is the music is all like superhero like yeah. whimsical <laughs> kind of uh-huh. like ho- a lot of horns and uh not congruous with what's going on with the action and in that part it's still very marvel is in the music and then later mm-hmm, on it just sure. really does become a superhero movie but and still <laughs> remains violent which is what they wanted but uh the tone is is rough and it's and it is dark in an ups in such an upsetting way yeah yeah, absolutely. I mean, also, and when there's they do want to have humor in that morgue, that's so weird. <laughs> Can I get some pants in? Yeah. <laughs> hey, where's my pants? Oh, this motherfucker's dead. Oh, this guy's dead. Oh, that's too bad. They were young. We didn't want anyone to die. By the way, where's my pants? pants. <laughs> I just wanted, like, God, yeah. a it, fucking it made... laugh track to go off <laughs> at that part. It made me think like for a second, which I definitely feel like I'm giving the movie more like credit for eliciting this th- thought and emotion. It's like, well, I guess since they're all cops, they do see you like yeah. 
violence so they're able to maybe switch in and out of that but it just is really more so just plotting that has that happen and it comes off as being really bizarre because yeah it's like a celebratory thing so close to a murder is just a weird thing i mean yeah and the music is kind of would would support that celebratory (laughs) side rather than questioning whether this is an okay way to react to this it's saying no we are on board with these characters emotions and how they feel and and, uh just wants you Mm. to the transitionary moments in this movie are where it stumbles so hard (laughs) but there's and there's other parts too but there's there's these transitionary moments i feel like there should be more time spent to and it just kind of shuffles it through a little bit and yeah it's a two-hour movie and and it's trying to get through a lot and it's an origin story um in a time when that wasn't completely commonplace i I feel like people weren't sick of like origin stories oh definitely not there was this was there was a bunch of iterations of Mm -mm, like uh of the punisher or like other superheroes necessarily this was um very early was this around spider-man time and this was they weren't Mm -hmm. they weren't like interacting with each other maybe like first fantastic four kind of stuff and uh, yeah and so a little bit more light-hearted and what you would imagine like a family-friendly movie would be and this was at the time maybe yeah taken as like a a deadpool but just much more much darker deadpool is going for the humor a lot more and this is just just seems more just dark yeah because there's two things at play here as to your point is that there isn't an overall fatigue of because so many superhero movies have been made where people are like here we go another origin story and the only superhero movies that have really been popular are really like four quadrant uh, x-men yeah like uh more easily digestible pop um you know theme parks and mm-hmm. uh Marvel was going through a transitionary time or Marvel studios as a company of trying to monetize the, uh, a, a lot of their catalog. And so far the only successes and to varying degrees too, right? Because we've so far we've had Batman, Superman, Spider-Man's and fantastic fours. And all of them have been to varying degrees of successes, but yeah, this is, this is one of the first Marvel movies where they want you know, they kind of broke apart from that, gave it to another company, and were like, we want to make these popular themed movies at the time, right? Your Rambos, your hardened, uh, like, um, like, yeah, these like gritty, um, these gritty action movies are popular and they want to get into that scene. And uh, and yeah, so we get the Punisher and man, Matrix, yeah, this kind of matrixy as well. Almost something like that. Like, oh, uh, for sure. Something dark and cool that teenagers would like, because obviously, you know, yeah, I think uh, especially the Supermans would be looked at as being very childish or um, yeah, just not cool entertaining sure but not cool and there's always you know right in media that you know we want to be cool because that what are teenagers going to watch and they're such a fundamental uh at least back then because man we could talk about now where i don't think teenagers are necessarily going out to the movies at all they're watching netflix shows in their home you Mm -hmm. know what have you but back then you know it yeah you needed you needed a gritty superhero and this is this makes sense right thing as well it's 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 propped Mm -hmm. up by itself as as something that you know maybe it's referential and in terms of some subverting some of the normal superhero stuff and this guy doesn't have any powers 
Totally. And it is a complete revenge tale and there's murder and guns. Um, and you're dealing, I mean, with unsavory people that, yeah. And, and that's something that I, yeah, we, I don't know. We're, we're not as attuned to the actual comic books that these are based on and what that meant, even like the comics coming out at, at the time. Um, and what sort of references are at play in within the movie, if any, but, uh, mm. it does seem very much playing on elements of you know naturally of was it 2004 and what was going on around that time and also yeah thematic elements and style that almost seemed a little bit like late even for that time Mm -hmm. you know and we mentioned i mentioned matrix and you know the trilogy's wrapped up i'm sure at this time uh by 2002 or three i I think (laughs) it's it's kind of got that uh, just it how the stylistically wants wants to look and all the guys that wear black the whole time was just, ugh, I don't know. That that was annoying. That was some of these choices in in, in dressing mm-hmm. your movie. Like I, I get that they're killers and all that stuff, but just having them all wear black all the time was just made it boring. And there's like yeah. certain things that just end up being boring in this movie when it's trying to be dark and gritty, and that doesn't have any. Fl- and then it just doesn't have any flavor. You suck all the juice out of it, and even showing up to the vacation town or whatever and, and, uh, Puerto Rico and, and firing away everybody. Like they all roll up in just, just these, just these, just black blob of guys. I hated it it so much. It's like, yeah, yeah, if you go down there, don't you kind of want to blend in at least rolling up to the place? I don't know. Like you're just like, Oh, you're such an, an, a, a unit of elite, you know, almost soldiers and within this organization, but to me, it's more interesting to see guys that, yeah, this is such a maybe a minute point or whatever, but it's like, it, it's, it, it, it's more flavor. There's, there's no flavor in, in some of, some of this. And also the logic behind it of just a bunch of guys wearing black walking, walking around in Puerto Rico. And like, what are those guys up to in that trail? They, damn, that's cow. Ca- ca- it's a lot of attention coming to those people who are trying to do this mission. They were like, no, maybe they just don't care, but it's like, it just would make me buy them buy in and be more interesting and then they go back to new york and they're all still wearing black i'm sorry oh yeah no totally it's such a well, silly thing to me i don't know it's, why it's i feel like that's a if i could Except diagnose Waldo. that a little a little bit is like it seems like that is more of a that what you're noticing is a symptom of a lack of characters in this that I would have mm-hmm. loved to see because I think the the big Russian guy who was just in a movie we just saw um, is something Nash. Uh, his name is um, Kevin Nash was in Grandma's Boy. He plays the Russian. The guy the with the, Waldo guy. Waldo guy was oh, okay. in Grandma's Boy. He was um, one of the guys that um, the main character in Grandma's Boy uh, his landlord, the uh, Rob Schneider character, hires to like put his shit oh, out on the, right. on the curb. Was that guy? Okay, uh, okay. And he he's also <laughs> in a couple other things. But it was just so funny how close in proximity that is to the episode that we done had that done um, on that. But yeah, Kevin Nash in there. Um, he had a lot of character, and that fight was cool because I love that you know close quarters combat. And also our main character is getting the shit beat out of him. It wasn't like he just easily handles it, and it's more of like a yeah. Yeah, he's never in real danger. That was like, like my worst fight. favorite scene. <laughs> 
Oh, really? Wow. I thought, uh, yeah, I was, I was kind of on board with that. Um, especially cause it also included Maybe just the in other... the, in the point of the movie that it was at or something like that, but it, it, it just, I, I, I get where you're coming from because that's also overarching like critiques I have on this is there would be a lot of time spent on things where it's like, this doesn't really matter. Like, what are we doing here? Exactly. I get that. It, you know, this is filling in the world, but it's not in service of anything that's really juicy and substantial that really needs to have time spent to. It. And it was so weird how meandering it got because of how simple the story fundamentally is. But we have so much time with the Rebe- Rebecca remain and Ben Foster and the guy who just can't stop singing that Italian song. I don't know what, what the name of that song is, but God, every single time he cooks, he puts that song on pasta I would get to make today. Sauces now on the way. Yes. Something like that. And, um, but yeah, like I just, there's just not enough characters for me, which would have made this, which is now what we see in all these Marvel movies is arguably there. It's just busting at the seams of everybody is like this character that could potentially come back in another movie. And you just fill out the movie in all of these ways. And I think this, you know, responses and looking at this movie as a, you like a, a, a situation or a use case of like, here is a movie that does certain things, right. But fails in a lot of ways and just correcting those things moving forward. And going Like we need to, you know, the Ben Foster character needs to be doing more or, you know, Rebecca, Rebecca remain needs to have her own arc that she's a, more of an active participant in other than all of the situations we see with her is like Thomas Jane, the Punisher, just helping her with it. And we're kind of on the outside. We don't really get a whole lot of like where she's from, who she is, what decisions she's really making and whatnot. And all of that is just so thin and makes the movie like when time is spent on them, I was like, news <laughs> well you're touching on everything I'm, I'm thinking of too and why that fight was so frustrating because it it is not a movie that like you know and i know there was a trilogy but a, a a superhero movie that i like a lot is batman begins and something that this movie would strive to be something similar to i i feel like but maybe not no it do, well actually it doesn't want to be that kind of movie with the different and the difference that i want to say is that that Batman Begins is about the journey of him becoming uh, in a very much an origin story way of becoming Batman. And that journey to me is fascinating. Uh, just seeing him rise to that, that occasion and, 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 fl- and his character, what his, his character needs are and who he is at that point to need to turn to vigilantism and uh, making a mask and, and all that shit is like you kind of have to be in a certain place. And what this movie wants to do, it wants to, again, shuffle you as quickly as possible in in a lot of ways to him in the the outfit doing shit, doing badass shit. Uh, It's badass! And then like, that's what it wants. And it's like, I I shouldn't, you know, necessarily like say it should be one way or the other. But the issue is, it's like, you kind of already had that already with the guitar. Like we're talking about the Waldo man, whatever you already kind of uh, had that hitman roll up to him with the guitar and had that whole scene kind of play out how that played out. And then right. And I was like, Oh, they they're slowing it down. If you hear a cat meowing, Luna just thinks I'm talking into space and that she's a part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so I'm not sure I might have to, put her outside in a second but uh right when they sit down they're gonna have dinner and they're like you kind of get into his character a little bit which they kind of just shuffled through he kind of 
he does this thing, which again, he's like short, short for words and he's going to go and do his own thing like that fits his character. But right when they were going to have a moment, you're like, no, this guy is going to show this random motherfucker is going to show up and have this big battle mm-hmm. and with a grenade and all. And it, it was just the movie telling me that, like, let's get back to the and maybe that's what it, what you're into. I get and I get why it's polarizing even for for that reason. But that kind of stuff frustrated me. Yeah. And when. I thought, you know, he gets uh, taken in by the guy with the boat. I I was really curious about that part, too. You know, we can if you mm. want to go back a little uh, to the beginning. Um, but I also Roy Schreider, the father, just have to drop that in as well is is, is pretty nuts. Uh, this this cast is very interesting. Um, but, yeah, I, I thought that that was another opportunity as well that was uh frustrating for me it was like oh he's gonna get you know taken in and he's gonna like work on his mind inward go inward and and decide what he has to do and the movie's just kind of like no you get it he's gonna fucking go after all these people i think too just kind of like that uh, there's a lot of assumptions that are are uh, that are made when i'm uh just kind of thirsting for the the character uh, progression a bit more. Long, yeah. Long story no, I, I, and I, and I want that too as well, but I think because it doesn't do that is part. And now I feel like is why it's so successful as the Punisher being this like alt-right, like hero is that people that are, you know, proud boys and that sect of, of culture has gravitated towards this movie, this character, because it doesn't do that. Cause if it did, that would seem so like needing to provide like grounded or deeper emotions and like actual ramifications. And I think that it's just staying so surface level of this guy is revenge, you know, on a revenge mission to kill his family. And this movie provides you with so much killing in it and mm-hmm. has him, you know, getting beat the shit out of, but arising up from that, mm-hmm. I think probably feeds into the love that certain, certain types of people have for this movie as him as why they like this. Cause yeah, I think maybe all of that stuff would be, yeah, a detractor for a certain subsection of viewers that really like have latched on to the Punisher being this figure that is, um, yeah, like yeah, like a taken or shirt. something like that. Just, I'm going to take matters into my own hands. I don't. I can't look for for anybody else to do this. Right? Isn't, him. isn't it crazy to think that that Punisher logo has been put on cop cars by cops like and they like i wasn't really fully aware of this so yeah this is this is interesting to me but oh yeah and there's um a lot of a lot of like websites and um which i mean it's cool logo (laughs) it is a cool logo right it's very like masculine and 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 cool yeah like dark and 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 whatnot and elicits like a like a pirate or exactly yeah that's what i'm gonna tell if i see someone wearing a shirt hey cool pirate shirt uh and they're like no it's a punisher uh i love pirates of the caribbean punisher (laughs) of the caribbean is that what it's called oh that's a different one i haven't seen Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I was, there was this one website that's called like a thin blue line and it, it is a website that, uh, provides merch for the like 
you know, prop it up. kind of have um, like stripes almost. The teeth almost look like stripes going down. Oh, yeah. And then you could put a, a like superimposed American flag on that and it fit into the skull and all of that. And people have done that. And yeah, it's just you've seen that iconography on uh, like in Charlottesville, for example, people repping the Punisher logo. And it's so interesting that it, to the point that the creator of the Punisher had to come out and go like, well, this is, you know, I don't support this. And it's really Damn. like a misreading of the tea leaves that you think that what you're doing is the same mm-hmm. as the Punisher and his motivations are similar because that's not true. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he would actually, if anything, be coming after you. And so that's uh, just another, you know, misappropriation by, the, um, by groups of people on the internet where they're like, Oh, well this so simply stands for, the government and law enforcement or like the government is not going to do anything because they're, you know, just they're incapable of it. And it's up to you to take matters into your own hands mm-hmm. and to seek justice and and really just leaning into that. But it's like, what is your version of justice and what is the what does justice look like for yeah, the Punisher? You're morphing it to project, and you're morphing it to and projecting it to make it what you want it to be like playing rage absolutely against the or some shit <laughs> thinking, totally thinking that it's, yeah. it's gonna it's describing or you're not even listening to the lyrics at that point i, I don't know right it's like yeah you're misinterpreting rage against the machine lyrics as like again the government is is putting you down in a way where it's like raging against social justice warriors as opposed to that song is actually would be an anthem for social justice warriors because it's talking about thinking differently and not, you know, um, standing up for what you believe in, in a way where it's not hurting other people. It's just being very frustrated at the system in a way. Yeah. Again, that's not, um, especially pro white. That's the big, you know, <laughs> determining difference. And, and, you know, a lot of the proud boy stuff utilizing it is like, okay, well, you're not against, um, ineptitude by government organizations. You're just you're frustrated that they're not supporting your beliefs, <laughs> as opposed, you know, they're supporting other people's beliefs. Oh, God forbid! And yeah, just um, really is such a weird thing that yeah, I think is I just wanted to bring up because yeah, it's part of what yeah, this it's interesting. The, yeah, it's part of this movie now. Um, mm-hmm. that they've you know leaned into this and. Um, yeah, again, I think too, that if this movie were to get as deep as we would like it to be, and as well as it deserves to, because I think mm-hmm. there's some really emotional stuff you could get into that this movie doesn't give a shit about, about why, like him making the turn, you know, there's not yeah. really a whole lot of Otis paid on the repercussions other than he is just incredibly stoic. Yes. Mm-hmm. He is obviously very hurt and broken, but Pretty it's easily so stereotypical though. He just mm-hmm. fucking sits there with a big bottle of fucking wild bourbon, turkey. wild turkey, and just eats sardines. <laughs> it's uh-huh. like, come on! I was I was rolling my eyes at a lot of that stuff. Where it's like you, you don't even have to try very hard, and and it's clear they don't they they don't in some of that stuff. But it's like all that stuff is it's it's such a stereotypical story. So those embellishments are really what I'm looking for in in the character and, 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 and the, again, the transitionary stuff and what's the, the trappings around it, but it does go so straight down the line with the story it's trying to tell and to be kind of a vessel for these action scenes, which 
I don't know, or, or hit or miss. <laughs> yeah, arguably hit or miss. There's a lot of explosions and a lot of deaths. It, I, time and time again, I was shocked by like, holy shit, that person got maimed or, you know. It was, like, that was OK. This will be my other thing. That was it was what was it? interesting cigarette smoking. Yes. And then I maybe it was over. the way of his revenge or whatever, but. A maiming and then an explosion as if the writers were like, ah, how do we should we do it? Should, should we maim them and then kill them or do an explosion or something? Well, how about both? How about we maim them and then blow them up? And I was like, when, like, I don't. And I'm questioning whatever is true to the canon of the comic book, but the family running down the pier and getting whatever run over, I guess. On run the over, pier. Yeah. yeah, that was that's mm-hmm. definitely, definitely strikes an image. Uh, uh, but then the way that they take him out is like gunshot to the chest and then light it on like the dock on fire yeah. that he's on and then just blow him up into the water. <laughs> that is the way his body just like, yeah. like, <laughs> like a dummy just getting like <laughs> launched out of an air cannon. <laughs> yeah. It was so weird and kind of like inconclusive. I don't know how you're shooting straight in the chest, but he's like, you just murdered fucking like. Um, uh, 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 such a large group of fucking innocent people in such a precise way. And, you know, there's, and then him is just like, you're going to get a headshot, then a general explosion. And I'm going to sit there and smoke a cigarette in an interesting way as I watch. Um, and he's got like his no sleeve thing. He just looks, he, he kind of has like a young John Travolta from Greece <laughs> style kind of going on. Well, he's he's uh, he's capping a bunch of a bunch of people. But and his I don't know, I like I liked his vibe, uh, even though like and this is another thing, the music and then the villains just feel very comic booky. And then later on, Thomas Jane, of course. But these are things that throughout that like oh this john travolta is going full comic book villain and as well as his uh one of his sons um (laughs) even seen his other son in the in the morgue and everything and how he talks to the detective is just so oh my god it's so (laughs) fun to see travolta just keen in on what it's very entertaining because he just he has such a um yeah he's so comfortable like with stuff and um, being being very crazy and uh, yeah that morgue scene where he just yeah like i don't know he has this demeanor where he's like touching his son's dead body and then like kissing him that i notice where i'm like oh man this guy is just so keyed into being like the uh, it's interesting i guess it's interesting how much character nuance John Travolta can provide by just like things that obviously aren't in the script and just his interactions with the physical environment that he's in that Mm -hmm. provides to the character. And it just, it's very fun to watch. (laughs) And yeah, you're kind of hanging on every word a little little bit, right? There's a lot of ups and a lot of downs. He's like either kind of very, very quiet and monotone or he's just like, what's, about here he's like and then he just yeah, flips out fuck and he, it. yeah i you know what's a f- major flaw though uh major flaw uh major flaw uh, of john travolta's character in this movie is is that he doesn't do a lot of things very competently it's a lot of him just bitching throughout the whole thing about like oh this isn't going right this True. isn't going right and it's just all yeah. that's all that he is where he's always like on his back 
like uh, he's always caught flat footed of like, mm-hmm. here's another situation of my shit got fucked up. And then I got to deal with these two. I don't know. These two cartel guys that come in and, you know, yeah, he's kind of incompetent. And then he's like hoisted by his own petard a little bit like at the end. Mm-hmm. just kinda, And that's uh, I wasn't crazy about how that how that went down or just it just seemed this is not a lot of unsatisfying stuff, but uh-huh. uh, he, he ends up, you know, killing Quentin and his and his wife. But Quentin was, yeah, the kind of the one that was being more of the muscle about it. And he's just bitching and moaning, mm-hmm. wanting wanting things done. But that lead of like having him do more would make you kind of hate him more and want the come up and, or, you know, mm-hmm. rather than, you know, he's sitting in the. And it's 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 well they, he breaks it down they break it down the the guy that's in like Ocean's Eleven and other other movies I like him but he's like okay so here's the deal they're they're glorified money launderers that work for these two Cuban brothers and he does and like his wife is like he's what is he he's he's like envious of his or just he's just obsessed with his wife. Yes, like, obsessed with her yeah he loves yeah. her more more than does anything. whatever she says and if anything she she's like just like him and she makes a lot of the calls and everything and that mm-hmm. setup was like it was very ham-fisted was with a lot of this movie it was like okay i'm gonna break it down for you and he doesn't like five seconds and it's like wait i kind of want a little bit more but that was okay whatever uh and yeah i'm like okay that setup is all they're gonna be like a like is she gonna be like a jelaine maxwell or something like it what's what's right. gonna what's gonna go on here um, all she does is go to the fucking movies all the time. The, I know. The amount of times they talk about her being at the it's movie boring. theater. Boring. Like, Who cares? Boring. <laughs> and then this whole fucking it. fake fire On hydrant. On Thursday, she goes to the movies. Yeah, goes, and then he goes to the hotel. And then he goes to this place. And then threatening. I don't know. All and that threatening. all the time. And he's gay. And, it's like, and, oh, just, and he's a sadist. <laughs> yeah. He's a fucking sadist. Uh, and and there's also oh man all, the, all that just, like every time it's like was going through that thing where he got in the car did the hydrant <laughs> thing i was like uh, go, uh. <laughs> boring and then it, like just the, the the payoff for that too is just uh i maybe maybe one of the better almost moments of john travolta almost better i don't know like where he's like kicking all the furniture away he's like yeah yeah d- d- bowie this guy named Bo John Bo Bowie or whatever and made this knife and you kick all the furniture out and then throw it in the ground and then the first person to get it was like, oh, this is kinda this is kinda yeah. cool. But then it just yeah, just this whole movie is like a balloon balloon kind of deflating a, a little bit for me. It, it <laughs> like it inflates that first 40 minutes. I'm like, oh, okay, this is cool. Like and then uh, it spends the rest of its time, the rest of its time, kind of ruining its goodwill that it that it made with me. And uh, because, yeah, I am interested in the Punisher, um, and and what he's what he like, what's going on in there. And so are all of his neighbors. I feel like I'm one of those neighbors that I'm like, just open up to me. I know it's not his style, but just uh, I wanted the movie to kind of give give me more in in, in a lot of areas, but. Um, anyways, yeah, we got fucking Roy Scheider. They do their best. He gets, he stabs one guy in the back. Uh, and then he, then 
he gets stabbed in the back. <laughs> it's yeah, like, it's, a, it's like they ba- they stab each other's backs. It's like a Congo line, but with knives. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, there's a lot of revenge going on in here. It's yeah, like, oh, you can do that. Oh, I'm gonna get your back now. <laughs> just hit pile up. Four guys just stacked on top of each other, all with knives. Punisher's just still trying to get up, and they just keep piling up behind him. He's like, oh. <laughs> No, me. <laughs> yeah. They come oh. to town and then yeah, the little like the the second hand guy, like whatever he's out of jail and he or he's pissed at him about his son dying and he does there's that whole like f- fake execution scene. Um and he's like, If if I wanted you dead, I would have had somebody kill you in prison in almost pornographic detail or some shit. There's just some weird weird lines in this in this too, but uh that was a that was a nice little menacing moment for for him as a as like a villain, but um, it's just some stuff doesn't land. Like his line is like, "Well, my son never needed to impress me," and walks away. And I was like, "That's a weird button to land on." Like, just didn't right. mean, it just didn't mean anything. <laughs> like, you're trying to ascribe meaning to things that just are kind of uh, bland a, a little bit. Um, yeah. And then the whole T-shirt it does the T-shirt thing or whatever, where it describes all this meaning to the T-shirt, um, which right. I don't know. How do you feel about that? Like, does that does that add something to it of like, oh, it's this pre- the kid wakes up from a nap is like, hey, come over here. I have this present I bought today. <laughs> like, oh, right. I guess the mom knew about it, but it, was just- oh, it does not work for me. It's, <laughs> it's the stuff that's disgusting. And it just like rolls up on the, the superhero shore. movies where it's like, we got to ascribe meaning I to know. all of these, uh, all of these things, because that's what the people want. <laughs> you know, we got to find out how Han Solo got his I name. I know, I was just thinking know? the same thing. Well, you need like, Han- oh, oh, you're only a party of one. I guess I'll call you. Looks in the camera. Solo. <laughs> right. Solo. Your name will be Han Solo. Mm-hmm. Everybody got that? Because isn't it isn't it so much more interesting if it like the shirt was just like uh, at a stand and he just had to grab it just because he didn't yeah. have a shirt? Yeah. Or just something like yeah, so matter of fact. Like Because that's who he is, kinda. I don't know, whatever, but he, he doesn't have it's a lot practi- of, right. Mm-hmm. And that was yeah. such a weird thing of like a child to be attracted to that type of shirt was kind of weird too. Of like that's a that's a dark, scary looking shirt for a kid to be like. It gives you power in dark times. It also looks fucking sick. He's got a little tiny one too. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> the whole family's got it. Like we're the Punishers. <laughs> Welcome to the Punisher Cinematic Universe. I mean, at this point, it's like however many years later, like they could get John Bernthal, Thomas Jane all back for a Punisher No Way Home situation. Oh, my God. (laughs) You never know. Never know. You never know. Do I want that? He's a legacy character. Maybe he's part of the universe. Um, No. Yeah. No. No. Please no. Please stop it. <laughs> Don't do that. I, I have here. Uh, I, I know we need to move past this, but I was just my I was looking at kind of glancing through some of my notes. I was like violent, lots of innocent deaths, even <laughs> even boat guy. <laughs> you remember yeah. when they're like killing everyone? And there's a guy just trying to like get away on the boat, and they're like, "Yeah, fuck you too." <laughs> Blast him away. Oh yeah. Kind of funny. My, my, I was like, my. It's so it's so dark. It just ends up being. Fun. It's weird. <laughs> exactly. Yes. It's comical because you're like. Like, whoa, it, it, yeah, it, 
it's so interesting how that happens because so i felt like got that a little bit in our you know because also too i wanted to just bring up like revenge movies and we're on this whole like theme and hiatus just really sparked from nothing but you know what's also really topical is speaking of, of you know family's murder we just got breaking news that the uh, alex murtaugh trial he, that guy was found guilty on all charges of murder i don't know if you followed that at uh-uh. all Oh, there's a documentary now on um, Netflix and on HBO Max, but it was this family in South Carolina, I think, one of the Carolinas, and uh, like a while back, the son of this really like prominent family in this town of like Hampton, I think it's called, um, got drunk and got in a boating accident and killed his friend, and then his dad and grandfather essentially cover it up and do all this Uh, like all this stuff to like really uh try to lessen the responsibility that the son had and go to great lengths to ensure that their families protected and all that friends that had to be quiet about it too and stuff or it was so it was i mean i I don't want to get too yeah (laughs) on it but like Essentially, like when the accident happened, the dad, who are lawyers, um, and uh. yeah, they make a go to great pains to talk about how this particular family in this area is like judge, jury, and executioner. Like they're mm. so powerful in this town that their family has gotten away with uh, murder and what happened was is that the dad comes out that had a really big pill problem and then was laundering money from the law firm uh, to pay for this crazy drug habit that he had, but like all of this shit. And then um, it, that information was starting to like, it was, he was really starting to unravel and to find out that what happens is, is like the, his son was really getting their whole family in hot water, obviously, cause he killed somebody. And then their reaction to it was then being spread around and, and their whole name was getting dragged through the mud. And the dad with this pill problem decided to kill his wife and his son, the oh son that God. killed the other person. And then just today got, um, uh, yeah, uh, guilty on all charges of double murder of his of his son and his wife and um but so nonetheless like it's just it's interesting that we decided to do this revenge series while oh yeah we haven't even mentioned that (laughs) yeah because we've never mentioned it so i think yeah we're we've only buried so far buried the lead but um yeah i don't know like it just when the idea came up to do a string of revenge movies, because these movies are typically polarizing, right? Like this is a genre of film that is, I think by and large has a lot of polarizing movies to it. At least within these, these first two and and the similarities and what you've already, and especially what you've been, what you mentioned earlier on in this episode is people interpret, interpreting certain characters in interesting ways. Like, unhinged in some of those reviews was kind of troubling last episode where uh people kind of siding with the road rage killer he's essentially yeah like a in and it's interesting how people interpret that and and take that in uh and apply it to their own lives and how much they project and that's what art is and that's what movies are as well so and that's what our podcast is about is those opinions uh put on onto these uh onto these pieces of, you know, finite pieces of, of work that, um, you can interpret however, however you want, but super, superhero yeah. movies are another one. We haven't really, like, we can do a whole, whole thing on that. I but know. When I there's just, vigilant, I've like, lo- lo- keep it like, 
Oh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I really do either. I think that would get kind of tiresome because it'd just be the same conversation over and over again. I think maybe at one here, here or there. Um, Which this it's, is it's, this is as well. But I think that I like that we don't have to just yeah. talk about yeah super and it's not in yes some cinematic universe at least that we have to like fully flesh right. that like that sort of part out. This is a standalone thing in a time where the subversion of it was that yeah it's oh this one's a little darker this one's R rated it is R rated right or is this PG oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah there's tits <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's tits in the casino yeah god uh, there's so many questions i had about all of that that would that to me is that like, was so quick okay. it was like 10 5 10 second like okay let me break it down for you and then he just right. and i had okay, rewound so it he has I, this I casino like, that's yeah. just really popular and he's this he has a whole building to himself the whole gold like, coast oh, gets all the prostitution and gambling and like all of it lots of money okay <laughs> this guy uh, launders man. it he washes it in his it, at his bank or whatever that and it's it's these off guys, in the cayman islands cayman so it's islands, like yeah well, yeah let's okay so i even had to make a note where i'm like okay so this is this is literally my note is okay so i'm over halfway through what is the villain's plan and what is the hero's plan they want to keep <laughs> doing what they're doing and it's like it's 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 not only a revenge it's like a revenge on a revenge because they're getting revenge on him for the death of of his son right uh-huh and so they they do their movie if it was a movie about them complete they went to the the puerto rico killed everybody and they're like good we got revenge for our son and instead it's it's a double revenge and then he he kills everyone else and then at this movie, at pretty much at the end of this movie is like, yep, closure's good. Killing those that killed, <laughs> like this, it just takes such a weird, like, and I can, well, it does, can especially what's so unsettling is he's like, <laughs> I guess yeah, he almost yeah, kills himself. <laughs> it's, it's, it's something he like says to Rebecca Romaine, like, you know, Forget, that's, you, yeah. you'll, you'll know that I'm busy because if you read the newspaper or something. Oh, fuck <laughs> that line. Oh, <laughs> my God. No, okay. Well, this is, uh, maybe we're getting jumping ahead, but that's where the metaphor gets mixed. Uh-huh. Because right. he's like, you'll know I'm still out there if you read the newspaper. And uh-huh. she's like, which section? And if he was, if it was going with the, if it was going through original conceit of what his play on the that metaphor was was like if there was a crime section it would you would hear uh, about it there because he's cleaning it, it up but what does he say <laughs> the obituaries the obituaries which makes n- not really a lot of sense with that original <laughs> conceit of the metaphor which is like you would be reading about the crimes and him solving them or whatever or, or taking care of the people but in that the way he mixed it up would be like she would go straight to obituaries <laughs> and he would be like yeah i'm pissed off about the obituaries today right and could you imagine and that's why he's doing things i don't know it just it was like mixed totally. up a little bit and he kind of paused he's like uh obituaries uh, yeah there's definitely this oh, pause. I'm like obituaries but it's i don't know if that makes sense what i said but it just like didn't fully like read how it wanted to i feel like no totally no you're right you're spot on because like yeah what it where he should be like secretively featured is maybe on front pages being like some story about how a drug syndicate was taken out by a vigilante and 
middle America. Like that would be mm-hmm. essentially where he would be featured. But yeah. To think, and like the and reason that, he's doing it is because there is so much fucked up shit in the newspaper. It was kind of what he was applying as well. And you wouldn't really exactly. get that from obituaries. You'd kind of get it from like the front page or like, I don't know. Could just you like imagine just local, like in the, some of the local <laughs> shit? <laughs> Right. Like, I, and I think you should leave like the obituaries is going to feature how these people died and like how they're <laughs> drug dealers or whatever. Like, that's not how that works. Like an obituary is something that the family sends to the paper. Like no one's going to include He's like that. in a like, rage against death in general. He's like, too many people are dying and I'm going to do something about it. No, just like, oh, you know, born in 1950 something. It was a loving <laughs> died father. peacefully with <laughs> the family. <laughs> He's like, ah, they should have lived longer. <laughs> and passed away by a man in a skull shirt. That's <laughs> <laughs> not what somebody's going to write. It was so stupid. Oh, this movie makes some dumb, dumb choices. Man. It's, but it's like just, the tone is like trying to set is like, yeah. But then some, but if you think too, a little too hard, you're like, what? Yeah, um, if you think too hard at all, the, so much of this movie falls apart. And like, and I think a great thing to just hunker in on, like, why this movie is not successful is because if you think about how much time is not spent on, like, really a villain plan or like even him kind of figuring out how to take down the organization at large and a lot of those intricacies of the business, like, mm-hmm. that stuff would be so much more beneficial to this movie. But if you. This movie he, like people people come after him still like that that and that's what was annoying too is like it totally what you're saying is like when there's hit they're just like oh we're sending the guy from Memphis sending this Russian guy and it's I wanted more of him on the offense a bit and he was having defend to defend himself in those moments and then when he was he was tapping wifey's phone line and following her to the movies and getting this whole promiscuous affair with her and Quentin. Oh, roundabout. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, he's got the, he's got the second, uh, second hand dude on his payroll now or whatever. And yeah, right, I don't know. It yeah. just, that just doesn't, just doesn't work. I, I don't know how else to say it. It just doesn't. It, it, no fair yeah. like that's all you need to say is that there are just fundamentals of this movie that just really don't work. And it's just a weird like misunderstanding, which is just so f- I don't I don't <sighs> It's weird that that ends up happening because like on paper, just like with a lot of the movies that we do, I don't know if we highlight it enough. Maybe we should, you know, uh, anybody who wants to comment on whether or not this what I'm about to say is true is like the people involved in this movie have a pedigree that makes sense why they came together. Like there's so many pieces about the director, about the, you know, the production company, about the people that are in this that all makes sense why they're here. But then it's just as like. Once you got all of these things, you just like fumble the bag on like what matters and what doesn't. And it doesn't make sense that people that have contributed to like Jonathan uh, Hensley is, you know, wrote for Die Hard, uh, wrote other action movies that are beloved. And like, I I, I know that he did like uh, story by credits for things that are cool and badass. And this has badassery in it but it's just all the rest of it just is like ugh, doesn't yeah it just it it plays out how you expect it to and the brand that they the creators place on this adaptation of what of what the comic book is and from someone not knowing the comic book as well is simply violence like darkness and violence is something that 
it's playing almost a little too much into that subversion of like, oh, we're doing a we're doing a dark dark one to the point where the violence just has no payoff and is just upsetting and meaningless. And then the yeah. where the, where the humor they try to instill is with the group in the apartment, and none of that really lands as well. Like them working off a stoic guy, you could try to fit some some laughs in there, and they try they try to make it subtle. Even like the the possibility of a love story was kind of even grating for me, where I wasn't even interested in that. Like I was again more interested about his relationship with himself, and. Uh-huh. Yeah, maybe he he denied her advances, but I just didn't even need that. I just I just wanted him to just work, try to work some stuff out for him himself as well. And when that sure. those moments would happen, it would be a cutaway to memories going on or like a, some sort of mini montage of of shit that uh, either happened already or is uh, what you already know to be true and is kind of banging you over the head with it a bit. Um, um I and agree. Yeah. I, 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 that, All I, these side you, characters. Do you yeah. Feel, let's talk about them. Yeah. The side characters, sure, yeah. yeah oh, let's talk about Ben Foster. Cause I mean, he's had a, you know, a hell of a career. I love him in general yeah. as a person. <laughs> as an I mean, actor. He also as an actor. Yeah. An actor. As he a, also in person, he seems like a, he, a son of a bitch, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and he's another he's he's a uh, X-Men three or whatever later on. So this is not his first or this will not mm. be his only uh, superhero thing. Um, but he's yeah, they make a lot of points of that. He's got piercings uh, and yep. then you got what what is this? You got the bumpo or something? Bumpo. Is yeah, it bumpo? bumpo? Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, Rebecca Romaine is in this movie mm-hmm. as well. And um, she's like deal. a recovering heroin addict. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're all like living next door to him, like using a blowtorch to fake s- <laughs> torture. Oh, <somebody>. yeah. <laughs> that was yeah, a pretty he, fun movie. I, was, I don't know. I, that was, I that like that, pretty, too. And that then he puts fun. the popsicle in his mouth. Yeah. And he's like, Ooh, gotcha. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, just, that was- he was like, yeah, you're part of my crew now. Uh, and yeah, they're trying to figure out what he's doing and they, uh, he like saves her from her ex-boyfriend, uh, by doing the little like switchblade thing. Love a good switchblade maneuver. Um, <laughs> but I just, this is, they, they try, they try to fill it out a bit, but it's, it, what does it really tell you that you don't already, you could already infer, I don't know, that you still got somewhere inside of him that, uh, cares about the common people and, there's they're trying to like bring his humanity back back again you know and and uh the how it comes to fruition is you know he he leaves them uh cash you know and and is is thankful and he's thankful for dinner and they they go around and have that thankful i thought that was one of the the closest it got for me was when they all had to say what they were thankful for and even him just saying dinner was performed well enough by thomas jane that that dinner him just saying dinner said a lot the way that he performed it and i thought you know that was that was good for what it was before i got into the action scene um but yeah they they near nearly kind of get there but it just i don't know if it's enough time or just the writing doesn't put them in situations to make it uh resonate well enough for me to care you know yeah, I mean that's really what it comes. It's an down action to, movie, yeah, and there's a lot of that. It's an action. If movie. you like the yeah. action, there's a lot of it. 
There he is. Yes. Um, just trying to think too. If, Guitar uh, guy. You want to talk about uh, him at all? I mean, I at first I thought it was actually Johnny Cash. The guy looked very, very similar. It did look like, like Johnny Cash in profile yeah, for so sure. So similar, and he's mm-hmm. playing the guitar, singing in a particular way. I just, yeah, I, I assumed that it was Johnny Cash, but then to find out that it is this guy Mark Colley, where I was like, oh, okay, wow, okay, I guess this, you know, this isn't Johnny Cash. Um, that and and the Waldo guy was like, these are clearly like comic book references that I don't get that maybe someone would be freaking out about. Be like, oh my god, it's Harry Heck and it's it's Waldo the Russian Waldo Russian R- Russian guy, and it's that sort of thing where they don't let you on in on the inside joke that they're having, and so it means nothing to you like this reference, and they don't introduce it or anything. It just like. I, yeah, the guy sings sings a song. There's like, and that's another one. There's music and singing throughout this movie, and in in, in, uh-huh. in ways that you wouldn't expect. I mean, we talked about the opera song, and he's there's there's a whole part in that fight scene which is going along to a dance in a in a song, <laughs> you know. And then there's yeah. another lady that's like singing at his club, John Travolta's <laughs> club, and it's there's a lot like the mix is so high on the singing that it's really trying to like have you focus on this i don't know sarah mclaughlin like sort of singer yeah. or something i don't know right. it's almost like in the arms of an angel and it's like this like kind of posh club and she's like singing this ballad and uh yeah it's and then such a crazy move in a club to sing a ballad yeah and then the guitar <laughs> guy there's just there's certain staples that it's weird that there are there are flares of style but it's not it's it's out of it's out of place when it does happen and it's not uh cohesive but uh, <laughs> uh yeah that's and then he sings a song and then they uh they and then he chases him down later and that whole like jumping over the bridge thing that was i guess that was kind of cool he rolls up the metal shit in his car that he he knew he was going to need at some point because <laughs> i'm sure it's in the comic book another thing like there's all these things that just have to happen that don't necessarily mean anything to you if you haven't seen Mm. that's where it fails where it's like a scribe like that meaning is and how they ascribe it is unsuccessful to people that aren't already in on the joke um yeah because it's just again yeah just like the joking about how solo doesn't work and a lot of movies like it don't work it's that if you're just a if it's just fan service for the sake of fan service then i i would argue that you don't need it if it's not if it, if it because it's not even about serving the plot because i mean just like you mentioned where you know in the plot solo doesn't have a name and he's going through this processing and then they give him a name that does help the plot so i don't want to say that it's like well if it's fan service that doesn't serve the plot then it's not needed because there is also not needed fan service to the plot but yeah again i There's just if you're knowing hanging, ways of editing it or or directing it that yeah mean right. more to certain people than others Totally. And that's where it can polarize, right? And it polarizes. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's yeah, it's a hard it's a fine line to walk where you want to give in to that core fan base because that's you know who you want this movie to be successful with. But it's so weird when it's shallow or hollow. I, but I think fundamentally the problem that I always have is that I don't want to know about those things. No. You know, and I'm just I, which I guess maybe I'm in a minority because they keep doing it because obviously people in the theaters are like, oh, 
oh, they're saying this or, mm-hmm. oh, they're giving him this, whatever. Like, oh, man, he had this in the comics. It's so cool that they nod to that. And There's I just be a mach- machete moment in the comics or something. <laughs> sure. A sword moment. Something, yeah, just something that, um, which is a defining characteristic of superhero movies. And this movie is, it has it as well. So this is definitely a superhero movie in a time where, yeah, superhero movies weren't made like this. Um, and so there is some uniqueness and it's interesting as a curio in like the history of superheroes and film to that, like by and large, but yeah i mean as a movie though it's just so unsuccessful in a lot of ways and i was really hoping too that i would get like i would get so fed on john travolta Mm -hmm. and i was time and time again really let down by the point that we've made already is is that he's always just bitching or he's always just behind the eight ball Mm -hmm. it's never him being really good at his job being real like yes i get it he is ruthless where he gives orders to people to go kill other people very simply such a villain move but and it never like works its way up to his higher ups, like the two Cuban brothers, if there was some sort of friction, there's friction, but just mm. that, and it never that never escalates either. Where they're breathing down his neck enough, where they are sending people after him, or there's some other third party of you know the Cuban brothers having people after him, and he has to deal with that or try to mm. take them out and you know take over operations there too or something like that. That he doesn't. He's not really aspiring to much. He's just trying to keep the status quo, which isn't very interesting. Yeah. No, because I mean, that would also like if he were to really if there was a moment where he lays out to the Cuban brothers that like you have no other choice than to like, I have more guns was the line. He's like, Mm -hmm. I have more guns than you. And then immediately they undercut and go like, but you don't really have those guns. He's like, oh, shut the fuck up. Where's Frank Castle? Yeah. Where's Frank Castle? Give me Frank Castle. <laughs> yeah, just that's the that's so funny that you felt that way because that's the voice of in my head of John Travolta in this movie where it's just it's so like whiny and yeah. like and, and has this he is unhinged. Yes, but it's in a way where it's like a pestilent child mm-hmm. where he's just like, no, nah, I fucking did, don't I, like this. I just want to play golf. That's all. I just want to like get first tea time. That's all I really care about. He, he, right. just, he just wants to keep living his life and, you know, being subbed to his wife's dom. Uh, right. Kinda. Yeah. Letting her go see movies on Thursday. Right. You know, just providing a lifestyle but for then that. She doesn't and really it, get the time to. I, I wanted to see her make more big decisions. It seemed like that was what was setting <laughs> up in the at the funeral. Was that he kind of looks to her to be like, oh, well, what do you think? Or she she always gets the final interesting. say. Interesting. Yeah, that would yeah. be an interesting dynamic, you know. And then interesting. Someone yeah. like, and then Quentin actually stumbles in, and she's like, in all this BDSM shit, like in a dom, like doming him and or something, and he's like, totally. Quentin, I told you not to come. <laughs> and he's like yeah and then he just watches from behind he's like yeah yeah yeah, yeah spank oh, i'm a sadist i love this because <laughs> it is so interesting how this movie has zero problem being ultra violent in ways but then has like doesn't have the balls to be uh-huh. like dark dark in others you know what i mean mm-hmm. like sure it is very dark that he murders the kids but again that's to me i almost put it as like 
you know, different from what you're saying of like, what if they had this really hypersexual relationship with each other, the wife and like their power dynamics were like exploding in a bedroom setting where they're like, yeah, like beat almost beating each other up in the bedroom because they're both so powerful or so dominant. And that's like dark shit that this movie doesn't have the balls to do. Like, no. I don't get it where they, it, it's more it just about action kind of, and there's more people that are going to get shot and yes, whatever. And, and, and so, I don't know the whole lip, the whole earring and piercing know, stuff getting right. ripped off was just like a, a perfect example of something that they in their mind are like, Oh, this is what the people want is something that's really going to be unsettling and violent, but it's, it's just, it's just that and not entertaining. And that mm. part it's just sucked for, for me to have to for them to put, <laughs> know, yeah. for them to have to put me through. It was just, <laughs> why we, oh. we could just have like him pulling the thing out with the little tweezers and then, cu- and then just cut away. But they just they hold on it for too long. There's so many m- moments of them holding on the violence for too long, where they're kind of like, "This is what the people want." It's in it's not. I don't I don't want that. And even no. yeah, and even in something like Deadpool which is not my favorite thing either, but it's very successful. And what it's trying to be as an R rated comic book movie is uh, still having a, a brand of humor, like in a, a very identifiable consistent brand that it's, it's putting out there that's mixed with gratuitous violence. But there's, I don't know, maybe all the Marvel stuff that's maybe it's all superhero movies. I don't know. It's all kind of asexual. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there's sure. not really a lot yeah. of weird sex stuff. I, I don't know. And the, I'm trying to think of maybe more so some of the DC stuff, but even then, yeah. Oh yeah. I guess yeah. no one, no one wants to see that, but it's yeah. Mm-hmm. Superheroes fucking though. I don't know. <laughs> Ew, right. right? Like some, <laughs> <laughs> I guess they tried in a, there's like an Eternals thing, but it's all very tender, but like, I want it to be like, <laughs> maybe, the, maybe it probably happens in the boys. So, yeah. I've seen oh, some, of the, some of the boys. Yeah. That, and the, yeah, that does get sexual, but that's, that's it another does, one where it's that, like trying to be subvert. It's subverting, you know what? Absolutely. And God, yeah, I which just is successful. It's a good, it's a good show. It is successful because anytime I hear about the boys is okay. The conversation that has happened easily 20 times with me, you know, road testing my ideas in, in groups of friends and uh, out at parties and whatnot is like, I don't, I just express like, I don't really care about superheroes. I think it's just fucking, it's a yeah broken record. It's not Mm -hmm. interesting, yada, yada, especially when so much of the plot hinges on a, an alien that's going to take over the world. And then it's a bunch of people going like, we're going to just push our hands out and shoot things out of our hands. And then Mm -hmm. we're going to try to save the world. It's like snooze, get the fuck out of here. Don't care. And then, you know, everybody's like, Oh, but have you seen the boys? Cause it's so, you know, and it's always, cause it's so dark. It's not a, it's the, the recommendation is, well, it's not like a regular superhero. And I, but I've seen the boys and it totally fucking is though. Like I, I get that there's like, more fucking and killing in it (laughs) like that doesn't make it it's in my mind that much different you're like it's it's, just it's it's verging on you know satire and 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 that and and so when you yeah when you get that mix in it people i'm sure just like oh it's a good good thing good version of something for somebody that maybe doesn't like superheroes because it 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 subverts it or makes fun of a lot of those stereotypical things, but even within that framework, it is using a lot of 
with and that's what satire is and and success yeah sure satire is going to use that framework to to subvert it um but even then if that's just like oh i don't want to be in this world with people with powers and that's where just what it's all revolving around i totally get it um but yeah. that that was one i enjoyed yeah, and i like bowed out halfway through season two i think for reasons that we're describing right now and then yeah invincible is that other one that yeah i enjoyed that one a lot of it's an animated show but we're not gonna yeah we don't have to get into all the alternate alternate things it's just <laughs> it's this is like i think they are this is in the same kind of area yeah, this, the punisher is or dark man or some shit where it's trying <laughs> to be something uh yeah darker uh or spawn i guess spawn was a little bit it was a little <sighs> earlier than this but that that at least you know that's got some that's dark in like a fun way too and like an interesting artistic sort of that's what i was gonna say the reason that spawn in my mind is so successful is because it has such a unique aesthetic Blade and such too. an entertaining visual or thematic elements to it that mm. it's like well here we are again doing this whole thing of it's essentially a revenge story too right in my understanding yeah, spawn. from my memory yeah like comes back from hell to like he gets killed him. with his family and then he comes back to like uh, avenge them or i think mm -hmm. uh, you know but don't quote me on it but yeah like nonetheless uh, if it was if spawn was done like this movie it would be a snooze but the fact that spawn took the time to have like really weird aesthetics and interesting uh just visuals that just excite people it's nice and that's why that's a better darker superhero movie because of that rather than um yeah, just because there's killing in it makes it different. Just like the mm -hmm. boys isn't different just because it has curse words and killing in it. Like you're no, still giving it much better writing in, in in that show surrounding that that sort of stuff so that in yeah, in this movie the substance isn't isn't there in a movie like this. And I think yeah, where I would give credit to a show like The Boys is there there's substance leading up to some some of that fucked up stuff and then uh, the humor is, is done in a dark way uh, that makes you reckon with the the idea of, yeah, if people actually had these powers, there'd be a lot of <laughs> fucked up shit going fucked on. Fucked up like, shit. A lot of, uh, yeah, and, and more of an, an ensemble sort of way where there's not just one singular mm. thing you're fighting. It's all, it's a lot of gray area and, and shit like that. And, uh and, and then there's people that I've heard that have, you know, interpreted that in, in different ways, too, that are that look at look at like Homelander as as like, you know, a hero yeah. and someone to look up mm -hmm. to or something. And it's it's just it's it's interesting how people unsettling. Yeah. Or Tyler Durden or whatever it, it, it may mm -hmm. be. But um, I, I'm down to move on to some reviews. If the, is there any other uh, notes that, that you got that you uh, that you wanted to share? I, there, I mean, I think we oh there's like john travolta was there's another one where it's they they think it's mean something but he gives her the diamonds and then she's oh they're so beautiful and he's mm, without you sense. without you they're just diamonds but they didn't establish like what they are now that they are with her what yeah, are they right like or do they it like i feel like what the line should have been this is just a quick punch up i had when i, I was like without you they're just rocks uh-huh right right Right? Yeah, because, because if you don't have anyone else to share something and you're the last two people in the world, you know, they oh, they're diamonds, they mean something because we as people ascribe meaning to them mm -hmm. together. To but if it was just me, then they'd just be fucking rocks because who fucking cares? Like nothing is valuable, there's no value, it's just but with you, they're they're diamonds. I don't <laughs> 
It just, I was just interesting. Like, yeah. They would say something in a tone and pretty good actors, you know, Travolta, you know, and, and yeah. Thomas Jane, but then it's like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, he's got that I'm pipe. Think, smokes the pipe. Yeah, oh, mm. I wrote the pipe. Yeah, for sure the pipe shit. <laughs> that where because he, he also has this like a little bit of a like a, a feminine thing because that's John Travolta like Smoking a low key a low key thing that I love about John Travolta is that he can be kind of effeminate but in a way that he's like so comfortable in his masculinity uh-huh. that when when these effeminate things come out where he's kind of just like holding yes. the pipe like this where it just is it it it's depth that i Very get rap, too uh that i just yeah i really love yeah smoking a pipe total villain move is really <laughs> yeah, it was like this, this is he needs to be in a bomb movie uh, yeah and the, and then there was a uh, a comment about how quentin is a lawyer and a cpa which i was like wow quentin oh. way to go <laughs> And then, I, had to look, I mean, I love me some Will Patton. I, I love that guy. I, I love think Remember the Titans. Uh, him and Remember the Titans. Oh, it's great. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And he's like, he's good. I mean, mm-hmm. God, yeah, he's so much more interesting. And, the, and he doesn't I really get over, that he was over, gay. Did you get that? I kind of liked how that was. He didn't overplay that. I, I like that he didn't overplay that. It. Like a lot of the movie was sure. like trying to do in, in other ways. Um, and that. Travolta wouldn't have known because he was, you know, very yeah. in the closet, it, it seemed like. But maybe the very intricate facial hair. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like well manicured, I guess. I don't know. No. <laughs> I guess it's I, like, I just so I, I agree. Like if he was stereotypical, like very flamboyant or whatever, that would be distracting. It would also age very poorly. The fact that he was very stoic and you find out through the confidant of the wife that he was gay was interesting, but I just, yeah, I don't know. I, it was one of those things where I was like, Oh man, it would have been more interesting if you would have, if there would have been situations where he was trying to cover that up and it was more of something that he was, it was all, I mean, I'm thinking now it just seems all reverse engineered based on the, the plot (laughs) of the Punisher trying to implicit, or you know implicate right. that uh, they were having an affair and then a mm. uh, uh, clearly identifiable sort of evidence that the wife can yeah. give as to why that's not the case maybe that he wouldn't believe it but well that totally. would never happen because he's gay and that she can reveal that after all that that, that in that way it almost seems like reverse engin- engineered and not why it wouldn't be flushed out either but who, who knows Fair. Um, there was a uh, oh at the beginning, the mom like rolls up on the kid like, hey, look, I got a stingray. And she's like, cool. <laughs> she doesn't like tell him, like, put that down. He's like, it's a fucking stingray. Ooh, cool. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's a, oh. don't pick that up. Uh, there was a Honda Element parked outside. That was kind of cool. I was like, oh, I don't see those very, very much uh, anymore. <laughs> hey, Honda Element. Ooh. I remember the Honda Element. I remember back. The- Oh, no, they shouldn't. They're fucking ugly ass cars. But they were (laughs) utilitarian. Oh, my God. Rubber inside. You could like open both doors. Yes, I was going to say that commercial where they threw the Frisbee through the car because you can like open it all up. You just like take it to the beach and beat it up. Right. I remember going to car dealerships with my dad and my mom and because we were a beach going family and (laughs) looking to get get like a a larger vehicle crossover type uh, car that we Uh can shuttle to the beach and carry a bunch of stuff and whatever. And I remember the showroom and that being such the selling point (laughs) of the Honda 
Simpsons where Open you can like kind of take everything out of it and it's all rubber and you're like, yeah, you can just pull everything out. And just hope. like, I think the, even the salesperson was like, just hose take a hose for the inside. Get rid of all that sand. Yeah. Yeah. Hose the inside of the car. <laughs> and that being the big selling point problem with the Honda element though, is it's ugly as fuck. So. It's pretty ugly. Yeah. <laughs> it's got like the plastic, uh, like, yeah experience but it's, it was better than the pt cruiser it was better than like the scion toaster uh car i thought right. i liked a little bit a little bit better than that and there was another one that looks it was like called the cube or some shit oh uh, like yes. toaster cars that were around that time i remember that it had like the window uh, yeah on the back uh-huh. was like curved around <laughs> yeah. the side of weird. it weird yeah. weird, it like, weird uh, or something i don't know Oh, it might they're like been, yeah. yeah, they're all the scion. There's a lot of scions that scion really Jesus. benefited so much from the commercials with those hamsters, man. It just oh, yeah, uh, and Fast you know, and the Furious, a, I feel like too, where street racing was just like pretty cool. Yes, oh for sure, because it was another thing about the scion was that it was customizable in right in, in some in some fashion yeah. where you could like order it online to have like colors and like lights and all of this shit to like highlight yeah because you mm-hmm. would own the commercials were was a bunch of hamsters with like lighting kinda. like recess light or whatever like track lighting oh, on the kinda. bottom okay. and then it would all like flash to the beat of the music and it, you could like open it up and it was just all like about music and colors and shit like that um but it, i'm gonna go pee real quick but yeah let me think about the, oh oh yeah <laughs> no while you're going i'm gonna find this uh kia motors hamster wrap 2010 commercial let's see here um and then we'll wait for wait for brandon to get back i think we can you can at least i'm gonna commentate on it you're gonna hear a little bit of it um let's see what we got here so we got some hamsters and hoodies they're coming out. They got their Kia. I think Brandon's thinking of uh, Kia rather than uh, Scion. There's just there's just some some hamsters cruising around in this in this Kia. A lot of streetwear. Scion commercials. This is a Kia commercial with hamsters. Is there a Scion commercial? Oh, sorry. Yeah, Kia. What was that? Amster one. So it wasn't the Scion. What was it? Oh, I, I'm, I realize I'm not sharing my screen. But sorry, I'm, I'm watching it wrong. Yeah. It's like you can tell they like leave like body motion tracker or whatever and just put some hamster animation on top and uh soul the kia soul kia soul 2010 okay uh i mean i this i was thinking of the uh the quizno subs hamster commercial is uh i think my favorite hamster iteration of a commercial i can think of but also terrifying. That was like the, oh, hashtag so random <laughs> kind of uh-huh, era right. of like 2010. She was just like, oh, let's get some Isn't random. Isn't it so fucking, fucking random? Hashtag random. Isn't that, I'm, I'm, I'm random. And That's my, my friend, personality. My friends call me just, you can't believe how random I am. I know. Um, there's a, there's a lot in, there's some Nickelback, I feel like in this, there's a Evanescence, Rebecca remains just like blasting some Evanescence in her mm-hmm. room at a point. 
just fits definitely fits uh everything about about this uh the whole i don't know the whole style of this movie um yeah and then even john like i was saying john travolta at the end like he gets maimed and then dragged into an explosion of like a parade of car explosions when zoomed out he had the time to make it look like a skull (laughs) mr bill do you remember when he was like i'm so tired i just got beat up by this russian guy and rebecca romaine's like you're gonna fucking die tonight he's like i have no time i gotta do this he got all the time in the world because he made a fucking car parade with a skull uh oh did i do a bond reference all the time in the world. We had all the time in the world. Speaking of which, how is No Time to Die sitting with you? Is it getting better? Oh, we're going to get into that. For you. Um, I think I'm trying. I think it's getting worse for me. Unfortunately, I do love the finality of it, but it's I think it's getting worse for me. But I'm curious how you feel about it. I'm I, I think the finality and every they they wrote themselves into a corner by specter um mm-hmm. and how they tried to tie everything together where they yeah carrie fucan i don't know if, how much she had to uh do with the writing he must he must have had a lot to do with and besides a was it uh the other person that came up from was it crashing or whatever that punched up and made it funny and stuff but um, I, I feel like they wrote themselves into the corner where if it did not have some version of finality, uh, then it would, that would be frustrating. Him dying makes me thinks makes me put a lot of onus on who the villain was. Uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, and, and that, and that villain, Rami Malik, which he, his performance is, is good. But how the char- that villain character is written into the movie and for that to be the finality of him uh, is very difficult as writers to to come up with a satisfying conclusion alone. But to make the make it be about a death and then have it be done by this villain that for me just doesn't have the weight to give him to give James Bond his end, I think, is is sitting with me kind of strangely. Um, but I, it's, it's more interesting than anything and it's not going to be one that I'm going to throw on, uh, regularly <laughs> for sure. But yeah, I'm, tra- I'm trying to think if I would, I'd probably watch it more than Spectre at this point. Yeah. Um, Fair. but I mean, you get a little bit of Christoph Waltz and Spectre. There's not, that one's not like terrible for me, but I think that finality is hard to make it rewatchable and it's sad and it there could have been a happy ending for him in, in some way, but they had an opportunity to go the other way. And I and I kind of respect that. And I kind of like that. It I, I think overall, I think I oh, like that it exists in the in the way that it, it I does. Think so, yeah. And it does make up a lot for, I, I think, what Spectre put out to be able to land that in a way that when I saw Rise of Skywalker was ugh, Yuck. Where it's like, you guys are introducing all this fucking shit now? I mean, come on, like, wrap it up. Like, ugh. Like, get into some, and at least it honed in on the character James Bond, made you question some certain things. I think the I think the villain is where my hangups lie a little bit with, with that movie. Um, and I like the connection that the villain, I guess, shares with uh, Leah Saido. Uh, but for James 
Bond and Daniel Craig, it's just uh, a hard one to have a fun time with. And when you were like, oh, let's watch a Bond movie and have a good time, it's not really going to be that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, for sure. How, how about yeah. you? How does that hold up? It's just the problem that I have is the middle portion of the movie is so great. Like, I love that all of the Felix Leiter stuff. I like sure. all the um, Blofeld, Specter closing stuff. And uh, it's just sanity or whatever. Oh, great. She's like, fun. love that. And also the way that it looks, all of those fight scenes. That in Cuba, really so awesome. But then it just goes into, yeah, then the back half of it goes into this movie, a whole different movie. And um, I just, uh, I agree with you that um, Remy Malik's like, I just, maybe so much of it is like, I fucking hate nano blood so much mm. it makes me so pissed and upset that yeah. people who are getting paid the amount of money that they're doing and this is their career that they came up with fucking smart blood drives me up the fucking and that's essentially what's of yeah the whole villain thing is is like bad nano blood ex- essentially like yes bad, it's a, bad naughty nano blood bad naughty nano blood yes that's the whole <laughs> mr bond let me introduce you to my Bad naughty nano blood. Naughty nano blood. <laughs> um, don't care for that at all. Trident going uh, down. Trident going down. Yeah, it's like so. The, so him dying hinges on the fact. Spoilers that for no the, time to die. Spoilers. Um, it hinges on the fact that the nano blood is so finite and all of that, and it's just something that was introduced in the movie that it's in itself. Mm-hmm. And so unnecessary because just like with this movie, um, there is a more like surprisingly for this movie, I guess I would say is that there is a more simple and straightforward movie here where you are removing things to just like make it seem more real rather than like, Mm creating things yeah like creating things that uh yeah i don't i i can't fully articulate it but yeah i mean no i got it yeah so um yeah it just kind of it bums me out so much because it's like the we like james bond movies where there are really silly things that happen in it you know so it's weird that I feel this way about the silliness and the nonsensical nature of the plot or the villain's plot and all of that, because like, fuck, I'll watch, um, spy who loves me over and over again. And that is a silly movie. That's a movie where, you know, James Bond is jumping out off a cliff and skis and opening you got jaws, up jaws, baby. Union Jack flag, you got Jaws, you got, again, a, a, a plot where we want to create this super race with, like, people underwater that could... The villain might on, be part fish. Might be part fish villain. Silly as hell, but... Um, that cause it's, and also too, like just to talk generally about James Bond and the eras and the, and the people who play him is like Roger Moore is, that's what you're getting is these, these enjoyable movies that are silly, but 
you can't be so serious to the point of killing James Bond and then nano blood exists. It just, to me is like such a fucking hard pill to swallow mm-hmm. where I, it, it really, as time goes on, I just get, I sit with it and go and feel just this rotten taste in my mouth. of like, that's the, that's the, mm-hmm. the, you know, the, um, the crux of it all. Yeah. The, um, MacGuffin, the made up mm-hmm. thing that moves our plot along sucks so hard. And, um, I, and I, and I, and I know that we've talked about this already, but I do like that. He killed all of Spectre in this really like kind of silly oh, that Spectre, scene was cool. Spectre party where he's like getting the eyeball. Yeah, that eyeball. Was, that was Love that. I love it. <laughs> love me some eyeball Blofeld parties. Blofeld birthday with an eyeball. Ah, oh, that's fun. Blofeld so. birthday eyeball scene. Oh, yeah, and he's great. running around with Anna de Armas and she's kind of like a new newcomer and ah. But she's fun. totally capable. Very capable and, they, and very yeah. capable. And they just kind of handle it and and like get it done. And, and she's not and she doesn't die. Like I don't know. And it, it subverts it in that at least in, in that way too. It has the fun with all the scene, but it doesn't like at the cost of him, you know, taking her to bed and then her dying and all that shit that exactly. all the other movies do. It's like success and it's like nice to see that that kind of stuff in, in a movie, but uh yeah, you you know that you're in for um some sadness something it's it's i felt so strange walking out of that movie theater that was, mm-hmm. it was just kind of could felt like in a daze kind of yeah i oh, cried yeah. personally because it just came out in a time where yeah like james bond to me represented my relationship with my father and like for him dying and what was going on in my personal life there was so much like oh this is again another like indicator of like this is me in my 30s now like Mm -hmm. my growing up with james bond it was always he ends up betting a woman and it was james bond will return in whatever and it was just such a like me and my dad sitting down watching it and having a good time and him always being because my dad would always like i would go to see movies with him all the time and his whole thing is like afterwards we'd go to like yard house in temecula and and i would be like oh you know just we have this fucking podcast like the reason you know like mm-hmm. i love talking about nuances of movies and why choices are made and whatever yeah. and i would bring these up and he would just be like well was it entertaining mm-hmm. and i'd be like yeah it was and he's like well then the movie was successful and he would like leave it at that and it's not even a no, nothing more needs to necessarily be discussed like did we have sure. a good time seeing that movie together and a lot of james bond lends itself to that and to have this finality i was like here's another example of me getting older and everything yeah. that I know is being Nothing done safe. and it's leaving nothing safe. And I just like, Oh, James Bond's dead. And like, yeah, it's like my innocent, my childhood died with James Bond at that moment. Mm-hmm. And I just described so much meaning to that. But then, yeah, as you sit with it, just like the thing, you know, other things in my life where once you sit with it and you just meditate on it and you think about it. And like with this movie, when you think more about what's going on, you're like, Oh, this is kind of just like a, this doesn't need as much meaning not to say that I didn't enjoy the meaning that I ascribed to it, but like, I mean, my dad was right in so many ways, or at least it's a good, it's a fine approach to things where like, if you think more about something, it it starts to unravel because that's, so indicative of life is mm-hmm. like if I were to just continuously like be labor appointed or think about something more, it I will find things that I don't like about it or find things that don't make sense about it. And so I'm just trying to come to like 
Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to, you just have to come to terms with a lot of that stuff of like, oh yeah, it's like, you know, growing up, people will understand like, oh yeah, your parents aren't, you know, perfect. They're a fucking human being and make mistakes all the time. And sure, they shielded you from a lot of those mistakes because you were too young to know the difference or because it wasn't good for you to know certain decisions or certain things that happen. But it's like, that doesn't necessarily make it bad. It just is like, where do you place stock? Where do you place value? And trying to define what, like what entertainment, what value is to you. And yeah, I'm curious now to get into the reviews of like where critics were to be like, where does this movie not provide any substance and value? Yeah. They gave it a a 29%. uh, Out of 100, of course. Uh, And let's, uh, let's hear a few of their little, uh, little blurby blurbs about what they have to say. Um, Let's start with entertainment weekly from Owen Gleiberman, a 16. The Punisher is a moronically inept and tedious piece of death wish trash. Uh-huh. Is yeah, that kind of like it's death, it death should be said. Is, death Wish is a good it, poll. It is, because and we've also done a Bronson movie on this podcast. Some for Bronson anybody. elements to this, absolutely. Yeah, go, go check out uh, go ch- check out that episode we did because the this Punisher just by and large, I'm sure, is really so much uh, no uh, O2 uh or uh, you know Yeah, it stems from watching Bronson movies. From uh, New York Times, Dana, Se- Dana Stevens, uh, 30. Its lack of subtlety is a, is clearly a point of pride, and Mr. Hensley's flat-footed, hard-punching style has a blunt ferocity that makes Kill Bill look like in the bedroom. Nice. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Wall Street Journal. Joe Morgenstern, a 40. Punishes the audience with the flat... Starring performance, Mr. Jane finds few sparks of life in a hero who wasn't all that lively to begin with. A lot of flats I'm seeing here in the description. Which we naturally got to that as well, because, I mean, both of us feel like, I'm I'm sorry, I'm speaking for you, but Ray, like... Oh, yeah. Oh, John John Travolta is flat-footed in almost every twist and turn. Mm -hmm. He's just caught, like, having to reconcile the fact that something got fucked up and he's, you know, yeah... He's got to deal with it. And the Punisher is just having guys come to him rather than actively going out to find it himself. Uh, We'll do like one more TV guide magazine, Matlin McDonough, a 50. The second attempt to bring a dark corner of the Marvel comic book universe to the screen. This comic book based revenge story is undermined by its inconsistent tone. And uh, let's end with the Christian Science Monitor, a 50 oh, uh, no. by David Starrett. The most entertaining scenes focus on the lovable louts and losers who share the boarding house where the protagonist, based on a comic book character billed as a superhero without superpowers, prepares his grisly exploits. The rest is mayhem. Oh, yeah. 50 is pretty good from Christian Science yeah. Monitor for a very violent movie where a lot of just um. innocent people die. Uh, let's move over to the audience side of things with a 63% from the audience. Here's some five star reviews. Um, let's go to this person named guy 
Five stars titled, Please Put the Punisher in the MCU. This movie also has a great... Starting straight. This movie also has a great heartfelt supporting cast with great performances from his three lovable neighbors as well as Travolta's henchmen. The fight sequences are top-notch, making this small-budget movie just as gripping as any of Marvel's powerhouse billion-dollar blowouts. It also nicely sets up how Punisher punishes not just with fists and guns, but with manipulation. Ooh. The real thriller is watching him use people like chess pieces and seeing his plan come together. Also, on a side note, for fellow nerds, this movie can totally be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And if and when the Punisher officially appears in the MCU, he must be played by Thomas Jane, unofficially adding this movie to the lineup. The fil- this must be for the this is, I think it's 2015 before the Burnthal. This film sets him up as a person and even ends him on an indiscriminate warpath against rapists and murderers. So he's all set to join the Avengers or the Defenders or at least appear maybe even as an accidental antagonist. In summary, this movie is smarter than expected, much like Frank Castle, eh, with a surprising amount of heart. Mm. Much like Frank Castle. Um, We'll go to Amazon customer five stars titled Good Stuff. Is it cheesy at times? Yes. Did the CGI age horribly? Yes. I still enjoyed every minute of it. It's got a certain charm to it. Honestly preferred over what Disney has been pumping out as of recently. Yeah. Uh, from B- Brandon Marshall, five stars titled one word. Awesome. Ugh. Heads and tails above any of the other movies or the television show. As someone who was reading the Punisher as a little kid back in the late eighties, no other actor captured the character like Jane from the origin story to the finale. It was perfect. Not to mention excellent performances all around. Not one weak leak in the cast. The script, special effects, directing, and let's call it Marvel flair, were all there in spades. Just awesome. Um, That's awesome. Maybe one more. Uh, from Raphael, titled The Punisher Delivers. Five stars. This is one of our go-to movies. Thomas Jane is amazing and John Travolta is fantastic. Travolta, in my opinion, is almost better when he plays the bad guy. The plot is solid and the supporting cast is great and gives the movie a solid story. I do own the DVD, but it is in a box somewhere. Every time we see this movie, no, <laughs> we wonder why they have not made this into a franchise. <laughs> they fit that in there. I got the DVD. It's in some box somewhere anyways. Um, how are you feeling, Brandini? What would, what would you rate this sucker? Oh, yeah, this fucking, yeah, this shit. motherfucker. I, I want this. <laughs> yeah, this a few more of those. <laughs> yeah, I want more. Yeah, <laughs> shit, yeah, man. There was one uh, line of, I'm just remembering. I'm remembering the line when he comes on the stairs before you do your review of like he, his wife just comes home from the movies every Thursday. Uh, and he's he does like certain monotone lines that are just so funny. <laughs> he's, he's like, oh, she's like, hey, honey. He's like, you fucked my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> and he does this walk that's just so measured. Yeah. And then his mm-hmm. and then his words are too. You fucked my best friend. <laughs> you'll <laughs> you'll go live there. That's where whores live. <laughs> Whatever you say, <laughs> you'll fit in perfectly. <laughs> oh. Gosh. Anyways, yeah. Go and give give this sucker a give this fucking movie a fucking give it a, score. Give it a, fucking number <laughs> yeah it's r-rated <laughs> um okay so this movie, i'm the fucking it, punisher <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> right at the end um 
this movie is relatively successful in what, and I think what people want out of it, especially at the time, they wanted some, they wanted a superhero type character uh, without superpowers, killing people that are bad guys. And this movie delivers on that um, in a lot of ways, um, but it is so incredibly thin and in most of its uh, like attempts at, you know, making a point about something, you know, trying to, um, yeah, like this movie is not as smart as it thinks it is. And um, this performance from John Travolta is not my favorite, but there are glimpses of it. I found some of it entertaining but by and large, I didn't. Um, so I think I'm going to give this movie a 38%. Nice. Uh, yeah, I, I think we've overall been on pretty magnetized and on the same page about this. I think I was uh, into it at, at the beginning. Uh, they, were, they were throwing some stuff at me that fit the bill of a pretty fun, stereotypical action movie. And the minute that I felt like they needed to lend themselves to the comic book side of things uh, was honestly where it kind of took the turn for me when he when he uh, picked up the shirt on the beach and uh, got into town and immediately just went to work. There was just a montage of like, I'm like, move into this place, get all these guns, set up my car and go to work. And it, And that was just unsettling to me of how easily that was assumed upon the audience to be like, you get it. He's going to go fucking a wall on these people. And, and I'm like, I, I kind of want to see that. Obviously his family's killed. You're going to be pissed. You're going to be sad and all that stuff. But just, he didn't say a word before then. He just like <laughs> stepped out of that hut, picked up that shirt and, and, and off he goes off he goes and you just and, and then i in their mind they're like oh the audience is gonna be like oh here we go we're getting punished oh yeah and then he like steps up into the light he's got his his cool trench coat and there's a lot of uh, duels in this movie too he just gets into duels with people where he stares him down he's like this town ain't big enough for the two of us and kablamo <laughs> kablamo kablamo double kablamo <laughs> yeah. and then he just gets blasted away two signs right behind a glass sign for them to just launch through and yeah there's like even stereotypical stuff of like in the car chase a girl with a ball just comes out of nowhere in the middle of the car chase and then it's just the wide shot and there's like no one behind playing soccer or anything it just there's <laughs> like a sign like almost like one of those yellow signs of like a kid <laughs> playing with a ball that literally happens i'm like oh and that stuff just i don't know it's it's uh veers into comic book land in an in a tone that doesn't match everything else whether it's the music uh that is whimsical and fun when there's some fucked up shit happening as much as i love john travolta and him going balls to the wall he is very much like leaning into that comic book side of things too and he's like this this feckless villain that doesn't really uh have a dynamics quality in terms of his relationship with his wife, which they set up could be an interesting thing. Not sure what the comic book has it laid down as, but yeah, I like how we talked about their relationship and how it could have been interesting and whatever dynamic they have and, and, and uh, all of Quentin's stuff. I, I don't know. It just like for a two hour movie, it was surprising to me how a lot of this stuff went by the wayside 
when they settled in for the for the rest of the movie which for me again was like the first 40 minutes so i'm gonna give it a 40 percent uh because that's about as much as i was like having having a pretty good time with like oh we got we got this thomas jane playing a character he's going on big you know just it was light i was like oh i didn't expect it to be like light and like at the beach and he's he's like then some character and he's hanging out with his family i get to kind of know this guy got roy strider hanging out there and then uh yeah, I almost yeah, just a little bit of time with uh, the witch doctor where he gets some spell. He's put some spell in him to save his life, and then he's imbued with like this spirit where he just craves Ooh. blood or some, revenge. He like needs to get revenge or I don't know. There's some calling that is even deeper. But anyways, I digress. Yeah. No, for, yeah, for uh, you get a forty. And that's big, yep. generous Punisher. You better watch out. Uh, yeah, you're on notice. <laughs> God's not welcome. Um, and to move on to our next uh, order of business, uh, let's announce our next revenge movie that we will be doing next mm. time. It will be Law Abiding Citizen. Uh, it's from 2009. It has a 26% from critics and a 75% from audience is uh very divisive very polarizing right up our alley uh i'm i'm into it i've like this is one of those <laughs> movies like taken or something i feel like we're yeah. a lot of like there's some hubbub about it of like oh have you seen that one? Oh no everyone everyone just kind of ignored it it's actually pretty good is uh i feel like what i've heard in the past but we'll find out sure. next time directed by f gary gray oh uh, yeah Clyde Shelton is an honorable family man until the day his wife and daughter are murdered in a home invasion, folks. We're doing it again. He hopes for justice, but but a rising prosecutor named Nick Rice cuts a deal with one of the killers in exchange for testimony. Ten years later, that man is found dead and Shelton coolly admits his guilt. Then he hands Rice an ultimatum. Fix the broken legal system or suffer the consequences. Taking it to the man... Uh, you know, people, these guys got to do what they got to do. It's a lot by, <laughs> lot by insisting. If you want to reach us, uh, any place, uh, we're on twitch.tv slash polarized pod as we speak. Uh, if you want to watch us live and say anything, uh, that might just be featured on the podcast. Um, we're on twitter.com slash polarized pod. We're on, uh, Gmail polarized the pod at gmail.com. If you want to send us anything there, if you like what you're hearing and you want to hear us talk about other fun stuff, we also have a uh, another podcast, me and Brandini and a good friend of ours, uh, Corey, goes by Blarge. Uh, mm-hmm. We talk about music producers um, and they're, yeah, we, we do an episode per prominent music producer and we've done Diplo and Todd Rundgren so far. You can find it on Spotify. It's called Prod Pod, Prod Pod, if you would like to join us there. Lots of fun. We listen to music and and talk about their effects on uh, music and pop culture and and whatnot. Go through their career. It's 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 a lot of fun, interesting, and uh, something that I feel we feel like uh, needs to be talked about more. These these producers that uh, we kind of want to get into. And uh, if there's any anything else that you want to share with the people, no, then you got it. We'll see you guys next yeah. time for Law Abiding Citizen. We love you. Goodbye. We love you. Bye-bye.
Poopy. Oh, we got we got a line from Lifted Adub. He says, "Poopy, feature my poop." Yeah, I love this app for real. Love the poop. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.